Hey, teachers. Um, thanks for joining us. And I also want to just shout out, I know we have people that aren't just teachers out there. I know we have administrators and other people and positions in education, but I know we also have another set of people that are just moms that do other things for a living as well. So we appreciate you checking in with us. Yes. I love that our audience is expanding because when I come to the podcast with, you know, my opinions and my, I'm always have like the mom part of me in the back of my mind as a teacher. So I'm glad that we're starting to kind of get some of those moms in. And the response that um, we're having from teachers that not just like, Oh, Hey, we love your podcast, but more of like challenging and asking questions. I know Amber and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some of the feedback we've been getting and we appreciate the feedback. We really, we really want it because we want to, we want to make this podcast be a response to what's actually going on and out in the schools. I had somebody say to me the other day, how would you describe the hottest topics that are going on in education? And I said, check in on our podcast because we're being responsive to what's being talked about, what we're seeing. We're in a different school. We're in a different district every single day. So our scope is huge. And so we're seeing these trends and these themes pop up. And that's what we want to talk about. Whenever we come to the podcast, we don't come prepared. I mean, we come, sometimes we come with ideas of what we want to talk about, but we don't sit down and plan out the podcast. We really use like what we saw in a school that day or a conversation that we're having about an upcoming plan or whatever. And that really is what guides the podcast right now. So um, we're just trying to be as responsive to you all. And when it comes to feedback, like our biggest preach is we have to give kids feedback, right? Or if we're an administrators, we have to give teachers feedback. And so we love that we're getting feedback from the listeners and we really want to be responsive to that. Yeah. And even though we got our first one out of five stars <laughs> the other day on our slides or no slides, we knew that was going to be controversial. And we also knew that lots of people wouldn't agree with us. I mean, that was the whole point in us doing it because we see a lot of, of that kind of um, instruction going on and it's not right or wrong, but we're allowed just to have our own opinion about it. But people are also allowed to, to fight back in a sense and say, I didn't like that. So we appreciate it. Um, I know also Amber, you mentioned how someone reached out and talked a little bit about being a little offended about the slides. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to us to address that. Yeah. Um, she actually left us. So she has kind of changed her review as the podcast has gone on, which I appreciate because every time that she listens, um, I, well, I, I assume it's a, she, but her, her screen name is like Lizzie RD, uh, 91 or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, Lizzie, we have been reading your feedback and Lizzie started off with five stars. Um, everything was sunshine and rainbows with our podcast. And then she changed her, her um, review and some of the feedback that she gave us was around slides, but also around um, Teachers Pay Teachers. And her comment was really like, hey, you know, that's kind of my side hustle is Teachers Pay Teachers. And we're all just out here trying to survive, you know, off these teacher salaries. And I really enjoy creating things for other teachers. And when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh we really need to speak to like our, our um, lens on teachers pay teachers because we love, you know, we love a good side hustle. Jessica and I do. And oh, absolutely. 
And we appreciate like being able to go on teachers, pay teachers. When I was a teacher, like if it was, you know, fall, I loved getting on teachers, pay teachers. And all these teachers had made some amazing like theme units or just, you know, fun activities for those fun days um, that you have in schools or just, you know, different, different activities. Our, our lens on teachers, pay teachers really comes from a curriculum and a district point of view. And when we are contracted by districts, we cannot support or um, encourage districts to use curriculum resources that are not vetted with research. When we speak to Teachers Pay Teachers, we're really looking at like adopted curriculums for, for districts. And that's kind of where our lens is coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there are resources out there that a teacher will show me and there'll be a little bit of a page or a summary that'll say this, um, you know, here's the research that supports why I created this or um, this goes along with this um, program. So, some, you know, I, I do see resources out there like that. It's just for us, we have to be really thoughtful about choosing things that, that are board approved. And so that's what districts pay us to do is to make sure that we're following the board expectations. And so that that's where we our stance is on that. Absolutely. But yeah. Lizzie, we love your feedback and keep it coming. For, yes, keep it coming for the person who gave us the one star, like please reach out to us and let us know why you gave us the one star <laughs> because as teachers, we would never give a kid an F and give them no feedback, right? So when we're thinking of that lens, like if you're if you're going to give a review, give us some feedback. Yeah, even though it hurt a little bit, I had a tiny little tear like, oh, dang, I never want to, I'm like such an empathetic person. I never like want to hurt someone's feelings. Yes, I was first like offended, then upset. And then I think I laughed like, (laughs) okay, you know, I think of like my best friends or um, like the people who are most important to you in your life. They're not going to agree with everything you say, right? right? And you don't want them to. And so I feel like, that's kind of where we are with our listeners. It's like, we want you to challenge us to make our opinions or our thought process, you know, have us reflect on those things. Absolutely. So speaking of teachers reaching out, so I'm going to shout out Carrie Eichmeyer, um, fantastic second grade teacher, passionate educator in Kirkwood. And she, she sent um, us a little post the other day that she saw, and this is kind of what I wanted us to talk about today, but Um, It was a reading post from Tim Shanahan's blog about the science of reading, and it talked about not limiting kids just to decodables, how they need more. And that's kind of what I'm seeing happen in schools. And so I really wanted us to kind of take that on a little bit today. The the first thing, and so her her blog post was really a response of saying like everything we've been talking about on our on our on our podcast has been really emphasizing how it just can't be one thing. We just can't just focus on phonics. We can't just focus on decodables. And that's, that's what I'm seeing happen a lot. I think where I wanted to start Amber though, is the science of reading is now becoming the biggest buzzword in education and people are so confused by it become the biggest buzzword buzzword. And I feel like people are kind of confused by what it even means. Yeah, you know, I can't tell you how many times in the last year I have said to people, the science of reading is not a program. It's not a curriculum that we can go out and purchase from a company and bring into the school. It's, it is a gathering of research, right? 
yeah. over many, 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 many years that tells us about how students best learn to read. Yeah. And I think that's just a huge misconception is that when we, you know, start talking to districts who are, who are really latching on to the buzzword science of reading, it's like, okay, what do we buy? It's well, well, yeah, you probably have most of what you need, you know? Well, so I wanted to, I really wanted to pull out that research. I found this awesome um, link on Michael Haggerty's website, and it's the 30 best science of reading resources. And in there, there's tons of articles and blogs. I highly suggest people go and look at it. Um, Amber, we should put this out when you post it, because this link has been really helpful for me to like push people to the right articles. But in yes. this, um, Dr. Louisa Motes, who is the the author of letters, um, many of our teachers are going through letters training right now. She she defines the science of reading. And I kind of want to read what she said. She said, the yes. science of reading is not an ideology, a philosophy, a political agenda, a one size fits all approach, a program of instruction, or a specific component of instruction. It is the emerging consensus from many related disciplines based on literally thousands of studies supported by hundreds of millions of research dollars conducted across the world in many languages. And these studies have revealed a great deal about how we learn to read, what's going on when students don't learn, and what kind of instruction is most likely to work with the best, work the best for most students. I thought that right there summarized the science in the best way. Because like, I feel like this is why I'm still going to go back to my friend, Emily Hanford, who Emily, Amber and I are coming to New York in October. We're going to listen to what you have to say. But we, I think that, I think that's what bothers me the most about um, her, her podcast, um, Sold a Story, because when she talks about the science of reading, she literally misses half of the science. She literally only really speaks to, to phonics and phonemic awareness barely yep. right that's yep. really what she emphasized and there's a whole other strand right when we think about scarborough's reading rope you know that is as old as it can possibly be you know when you look at that scarborough's reading rope um slide or picture image it's so old I it's mean, the it's, same picture yeah. it has not been updated no nope. graphically <laughs> nothing but the, it talks about there are many strands that are woven together yeah. and there's, it's two parts, right? Word recognition is one part, which in, you know, involves decoding the phonics, phonological awareness, phonemes, phonemic awareness, sight recognition of familiar words. So that's, you know, the high frequency word knowledge. That's all under word recognition. And then the other part of the rope that twines together is language comprehension and that's background knowledge, that's vocabulary, language structures, verbal reasoning, literacy knowledge through print concepts and understanding genres. And then together they create that skilled reader who is, you know, has fluent, you know, execution of all of these things that we're talking about to recognize words and then put them together and make sense of them to ultimately comprehend. We're missing the language comprehension strands in lots of schools right now, because we're so over-focused on phonics and phonemic awareness and using decodables only that we're missing the other parts. What do you think about that, Amber? I just wish I could stand up on my chair and clap right now because <laughs> it's coming from that statement is coming from 
the author of letters, you know, or the creator of letters. And I feel like so many of our teachers are going through letters training, which is amazing. And the, the fact that they have the opportunity to do that the way that they do this year is awesome. However, they're so focused on the phonics piece that we're forgetting all of the other components. And so I love in her statement, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to put that statement with the link of the podcast on her statement. She says all components or all parts of literacy. And, and we cannot forget all of the other parts. You know, when we think about units of study or when we think about some of these other curriculums, yes, did sold a story talk about how units of study needed phonics, phonemic awareness, et cetera. Yes. Once you have those things, where are you getting the other parts yes. from? Where yeah. are you, you know, where are you having rich conversations about comprehension in a read aloud, et cetera? You cannot do that with only phonics, decodables, phonemic awareness. No. And, you know, to your point, like I would say to teachers now where you're doing a great job of implementing the word recognition part of the strands, where and how are we implementing the other portion? And that's through, you know, their, their book boxes and exposure, like what's in the box. If it's just decodables, that's limiting them. Like where's the trade books, you know, um, Wiley Blevins again, here I go with him. I mean, he talks about that, how giving them exposure, it's not just one size fits all. It's not just one thing. They have to have exposure. How can they possibly access vocabulary or make connections to their background knowledge if they, if we're not exposing them. And so people have strong opinions about the units of study and they're having opinions about it to me for the wrong reasons, because if you're not teaching Lucy's, if you're not, if you're using the units of study to explicitly teach phonics and phonemic awareness, then you've, you've chose it for the wrong reasons, right? If you're using it to develop language comprehension through background knowledge, through the, they have really great, rich mentor texts with her new unit um, exposing them in that way, giving them opportunities to learn how to apply the word recognition skills as a reader and put books in their hands. That would be the reason. Now, if you don't like the units of study, it comes down to like ice cream flavor choices, right? Like, right. What's your choice? Like, what kind of pizza do you like? I really feel like in the end, it's coming down to flavor and choice in that way. But that's not why we're choosing it, right? You're choosing it because it's not going to meet your phonics and phonemic awareness goals as far as explicit instruction. But if you're using it for another reason, that makes perfect sense. Maybe you don't like it and you want to use something else, but you got to ask yourself, well, why am I using it? And I feel like you and I are battling this argument back and forth, but I'm going to stand solid in the ground and say, if you're using it for phonics and phonemic awareness, you chose it for the wrong reason. If you're using it for language comprehension development, it could be a great resource. Yes. Yes. And that's what it is, is a resource. Yeah. Right. Right. It's a resource that guides your instruction or gives you ideas on how to respond to your kids. So yeah, I really feel like what we should be doing in our world, and this is going to happen. So anyone that's listening is going to say, she said she was going to do it and she's doing it. I want to really pull out Scarborough's reading rope and have that conversation with teachers. I'm like, how are we hitting all of these components under word recognition? How are we hitting these under language comprehension? And for kids who need a little bit more, what else are we doing to support them? I know you and I have been really 
out there talking to teachers about using UFLY, the University of Florida, the Literacy Institute puts together some tremendous resource and it's free. And even the teacher resource is only $70. It's so well done. It's another resource, great supplement to what you're already doing in phonics and phonemic awareness and then pulls the other components in through shared reading and giving them access to text that they can read, but giving them a little bit more vocabulary than what can show up in a very simplified decodable book. Absolutely. And you know what? I kind of just want to quickly speak to, because I know we're running out of time, but we have talked so much about K through two, sold a story, units of study, I feel like three through five really needs some like recognition right now. I'm getting ready to walk in PLCs with a three through five groups and the way that they are using units of study, the progressions, Jennifer Saravalo's new 2.0 reading strategies books, like to be so responsive to their kids. It's so easy to get caught up in the flaws of the units of study in K through two that I feel like the things that shine in three through five, it's just, it's gone right now. And I feel like it really does need a moment of like, there are some really awesome things that happen in three through five within that resource. And that can be supplemented with um, Jen Saravalo's books. And I feel like I, I almost want to take like all of my K through two teachers and like walk them through three through five classrooms and just be like, it's not failing everyone. And this is why, you know? Oh, absolutely. And again, we're talking about flavor, you Uh know, Um, there's other curricular resources out there that I'm watching districts kind of pilot. And again, it, it comes down to your own teaching style. When you have your opinion, it's like, oh, well, that feels more like a basil, but maybe that's the way I like to teach. Or this, this is a little bit more open-ended and gives the teacher a little bit more autonomy in how they're putting their lesson together. That's the way you like to teach. I think we have to remember it comes down to flavor. In the end, we should be really paying attention to our standards. I know that the state is really moving as far as Missouri goes into competency-based learning. And so we as teachers need to truly understand our outcomes and then pull from the resources that are board approved to make that happen. And I feel like that's the hard work, but that's what teachers do, right? You're not going to pick up something and deliver it. And if you are, I call that plowing through a resource and that is not best practice. No. And I have been just preaching standards all year this year. I feel like it's just, that's where the root of it all stems from. It's like, we really need to be looking at standards and really come to that practice again. Jessica, what's that resource that we were just talking about? You um, have been meeting um, with the creator of this resource for Missouri that that um, revolves around the standards. Well, I'm going to shout out Shauna real quick. I, her last name is so complicated. Stefan Chick, I think that's it. But she actually looks like me. We both have five children. It's very strange. <laughs> but um, yeah, she created Step Up Consulting is her consulting. And we're going to partner with her because she created this amazing Missouri Assessment and Teaching Tool Handbook and an online version of it as well to support teachers with... Missouri item specifications, how to put a formative assessment together, how to look at your standard and it unpacks it, all of this resource in one place. It's all the stuff you and I have been giving teachers for the longest time. She just, you know, put it all in one place, which is so jealous that, you know, she did that because that's exactly what teachers need. And so um, we're excited to start partnering with her to share this amazing resource that teachers truly need because 
it kind of fills that hole. And if I don't have something in my resource, I can go to here and look at another way to provide this instruction around this skill. I love that. Yeah. I need so to- we're going to have to um, uh, include her on our Twitter. So she listens yes. to us since I've been talking to her so much. So, all right. Well, today was awesome. We hope that, um, again, you give us feedback, like us or don't like us. We want it, even though I'll cry a little bit if you give us another <laughs> one star. But um, teachers, we appreciate all that you're doing. Thanks for allowing us to support you. And thanks for checking in with us. Our audience is growing every single day and we appreciate it. If you have a topic you want us to explore, that's how we've come up with the last few. People have said, talk about this. Please, quick quick email, put it on our website. I think you can even connect to us through um, Anchor as well. So we'd love to hear yeah. from you.